0: Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you with tools to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, and today we're continuing our series in Families Dealing with Feelings, talking about dealing with suicidal ideation. And to help me do that is Carly Schrimpel, Carly, I highly respect your work and I'm really glad that you're here today. So welcome to the show and welcome to this conversation. (laughs)
1: Thank you for having me, Susan. Thanks for that lovely introduction.
0: (laughs) So Carly, I'm so glad you're joining me today because parenting in this day and age is really tricky. It's not for the faint of heart, Um, but specifically the concerns of um, parenting in the 21st century can sometimes feel overwhelming or challenging when you're raising children around topics like suicide. Mm -hmm. So today I really wanna delve into what dealing with feelings of suicide looks like, how we can equip caregivers, parents, teachers to think about these things and talk together about specifically kiddos in elementary and junior high who are faced increasingly with the knowledge of kids that are suicidal or want to harm themselves. Or just knowing about this through books, through media, through peers, mm-hmm. and what caregivers can do to equip themselves or to support their children um, if they're already dealing with these things. Right. So it's a loaded topic, but thank Mm -hmm. you for being here and without, you know, talking around it anymore. Why don't we just jump right in? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So can you, um, for
1: my listeners, can you help us understand what is suicidal ideation? Of course. So suicidal ideations, ideation means thoughts. So thoughts of wanting to die, that's what suicidal ideation is. Or mm-hmm. thoughts of not wanting to be in this reality, that yeah. can also be suicidal ideation.
0: Now, for some people that are listening to this, it might be a little concerning because your child might say things like, oh, I just want to die, mm-hmm. or um, I, I hate being alive, or mm-hmm. I'm, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Are, is that specifically what you're talking about, suicidal ideation, or would you say that suicidal ideation is, is is something else or all of it's lumped together?
1: That's a great question. All of it's lumped together. Okay. So that would be a suicidal ideation comment. Those, mm-hmm. I want to die or I don't want to be here anymore. is Are those comments at risk for suicide? Now that's a completely different topic. Yes, and okay. So, so- deciphering. Is it a feeling of, I feel so bad right now that I want it to end? And that is how the child is stating that, through I want to die, or I don't want to be here anymore? Yeah. Or is it more clinical than that?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I think is so exciting with you being here is that we're gonna flesh through some of this. And I think that when you're a caregiver or a parent, in this day and age. It can be really confusing because we also have common language in video games, mm-hmm. in um, in literature about wanting to die, or you do die, right? And so even if you're playing a video game and you die, you might have more lives. And so sometimes also being able to decipher is this, what are the risk factors, is this, um is this ideation a, a an issue of a clinical nature or a, or a risk right, right? yes um, and understanding that if and correct me if i'm wrong but most people have suicidal ideation at some point like just oh, a 100% thought, right 100%. Just, just because we're having this conversation we could say that everybody that's listening to this
1: is having suicidal ideation because they're thinking about suicide <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one way of looking at. I think it. I think yes. Yeah. So I think um, even hearing the word suicide or suicidal ideation has a more anxiety-provoking tone underneath it. Yes. When, in all reality, I think you go your entire life like with a suicidal thought. Like you've had a suicidal thought mm-hmm. before. You know, like if you want to end something. Sometimes you're just like, man, I just, I just really don't want to be here anymore. That can right. be a suicidal thought.
0: Right, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to act on it or no. that you are suicidal. No
1: so right that's
0: so if you just look at the words specifically, mm-hmm. right with suicide, so thoughts of death mm-hmm. or ending it, an ideation, a thought, yeah, then it means something different than a clinical. Um, diagnosis of being suicidal. Correct. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there for our listeners because sometimes it can be really confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot in our culture that has um, allowed children to begin to even um, just see or contemplate this on a on an average day, yeah. like shows on Netflix or. You know, I, I haven't seen anything on Disney with it, but I'm not saying that I haven't watched all Disney's shows, you know, but mm-hmm. it's like it's like just that YouTube, mm-hmm. all these things. Um, again, like we were talking about video games, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we have that definition, let's talk a little bit about common suicidal risk factors. So we were talking about how what is it to be suicidal or mm-hmm. what's a risk factor, right? So right. we wanna I wanna if you can just help the listeners to kind of understand what's a risk factor? Sure. What should parents or caregivers be aware of? Sure. And um, and then we can also talk about protective
1: factors too. Mm-hmm, but sure. let's start with the risk factors. Yes. So risk factors of suicide being more of a clinical concern, if there is a mental health diagnosis, if there's someone in the family or your family history that has completed suicide, if there's significant trauma, If there's isolations or feeling really alone, those are really big risk factors. If there's family conflict, Mm. that can also be a huge risk factor for suicide being a clinical risk.
0: And now, I think it's important to make the distinction that if a child isn't talking about death Mm. or suicide... Just because they have a clinical diagnosis, mental health diagnosis, or just because there's family conflict doesn't mean that they're going to be suicidal. No. But we're talking about, like, when we're pairing things. Mm -hmm. So if a child has, let's just walk down the road of a child in elementary school who's feeling alone Mm -hmm. and isolated. Mm -hmm. They have symptoms of depression. They are sad. Their grades are dropping. They don't have friends. They don't want to go to school, etc. Then they start, what would be a risk factor?
1: Uh, continuing, they start talking about yes. death, death, death. Feeling like they're a burden okay. or feeling like they would be better off alone mm-hmm. or feeling like they are alone. Then that's a heightened risk.
0: Risk. Yeah so those so we're looking at risk factors of, mm-hmm. that are compounded yes. more not that standoff or one, one off mm-hmm. couldn't be you know a risk factor or a reason for some children to feel like they should complete an act Right. but m- more often than not in your work you've seen that it, it's the risk
1: increases. Yes. Or yeah, with those factors all combined. So even in that example, like a child maybe had not mentioned anything about death, Mm -hmm. but as a parent, that might be, I'm a little bit more concerned because I have a child that has more of the common risk factors that it might be in the parent's best interest to do due diligence and wonder and ponder if they are having suicidal ideation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on top of those risk factors and what is
0: a common way that you might encourage a parent or a caregiver to wonder
1: with the child about that like having a conversation Mm -hmm. bringing up you know i really care about you i'm noticing these things or being curious just about death and having that be a window into well have you thought about death for yourself have you thought about what it would be like if you weren't here? So you don't have to go directly to, hey, do you want to kill yourself? Mm, mm-hmm. You can explore and get curious about what my child or what the child's perception of death is, along with those risk factors involved. Yeah. And that, like having a conversation around that and opening that door may have the child just say, yeah, I've been thinking about death for myself Mm -hmm. without having to dance around it or get curious or really have to dig deep because the parent saw the child.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to see your child Mm -hmm. and instead of wait for them to come to you, to just to name it, to call it out and be like, oh, I see you're sad and that Mm -hmm. you're lonely and that you haven't been wanting to, you know, complete your homework. And so your grades are dropping, even though you're super smart or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just seems like it's been a tough few months.
1: Yeah. It's very empathetic. <laughs> it's a, a great window into having really hard conversations is yeah. being empathetic and really curious, especially talking about something as risky as suicide. Yeah.
0: And one thing that I like to do with my own kids is to begin to check things out. So I like to talk to them um, about about ways to check something out. So if they're like, yeah, I, it would be better that I'm not here. Or, oh, it would be, you know, I'm just, it's just not worth it being alive. Be like, oh, that's that's a really big, big statement. Mm-hmm. Let's check that out. And I find that if we have protective factors in place, like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you weren't here, though, you know, like who would play your position on the tennis team Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, like your how who would, you know, be, you know, go to, you know, wouldn't all your friends at church miss you Mm -hmm. or um, you're wouldn't your teachers notice you they told me this and this and this and this about you so it seems like you have this feeling but the feeling might if i'm checking it out it might not be you know the of re- re- reality
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's a feeling But do we know something to be different based off of our experience? So, like, that checking it out, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be really helpful in my experience as a parent. Yeah, that's beautiful. To help kids to begin to, again, not be like, you don't feel that way. Or, Mm -hmm. well, let's think about something else. Or, well, you have baseball tonight, so. Mm -hmm. Not
1: using more dismissive. Just you're more exploring it, like, as a detective. Yeah.
0: It takes a lot more work. It takes a lot more, <laughs> you know, just being able to slow down and realize that this mm-hmm. is important. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, what are some protective factors that you would say are common in elementary school, in junior high, so for our listeners that might just be listening to this because they want some tips on yep. how to you know, prepare if mm-hmm. this does come, what are some things that we want to be enhancing mm-hmm. for children in our care so that they can have these protective factors already built up when yes. they need
1: something so they're not dipping into a yes. well that is dry? Yes, well, the first thing is not shaming the fact that the child is having suicidal ideation or in a low spot in their life. Another is a sense of belongingness, like giving them a sense that they belong to something, someone, something greater than their situation. So, like, groups after school, yep. sports. Something that they enjoy that has a community. that has community. Mm-hmm. So, like, a club, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, friends on the block or... Mm-hmm. Play dates. Yep. Is that? Absolutely. Okay. That sense of belongingness. And also family things as well. Okay. Because sometimes children that are experiencing suicidal ideation can be paired with anxiety related to social situations. Mm. And so forcing someone in a social situation when they're anxious might not be the best route. But having a sense of community in something that they truly enjoy with the family mm-hmm. can also be mm-hmm. another angle to look at that. Yeah, like
0: family, a family dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, a family game night or mm-hmm. family jump, yep. jump afternoon on Saturday afternoons at the, you know, yep. local jump park or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, or a picnic or trampoline outside or gardening, something. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's, I find as a parent is that, and I don't know if you find this to be true as well, is that um ha- sometimes having something to do can be a helpful starting point but also being flexible and not necessarily having to do it so, absolutely so like at dinner time like uh, we have these like little um i forget what it's called but they're like uh, cards with questions on them mm-hmm. that are like silly they're not mm-hmm. like you know like what do you want to be in 100 years or what <laughs> legacy do you want to leave into the, yeah. you know the earth <laughs> But more like if you could switch person, if you could switch uh, switch roles with a person in your family for one day, what would it be,
1: yes. or you know
0: something like that, yes. you know, fun things to get kids laughing mm-hmm. or just kind of like thinking. But it's not school related. It's not like okay, now we're gonna do our flashcards. Let's see who's smarter or a winning game. It's right. more of like not a winning game, right? Mm-hmm. Just something that's a collaborative mm-hmm. game. To help with that sense of belonging. There's this sense of belonging, mm-hmm. right? Like I matter. Yeah. That's a whole other topic, the yeah. winning games. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, even if we have games that are winning games, right, like, you know, a strategy game or something, I'll tell my kids, this is not a winning game. We're going to see who can help. One person get five first or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Beca- if we're doing a family night, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I do that for everything, but it can be really it can be really powerful because otherwise it can be hard mm-hmm. depending on having kids different ages, in different mm-hmm. stages, etc. And if you frame it as. This is a collaborative game or this is a collaborative something. You can always modify games. Mm -hmm.
1: Kids do it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And it shows flexibility. That's right. (laughs) Especially like with suicidal ideation, you feel really stuck. Mm. And so getting unstuck is really Mm -hmm. kind of the key to help evolve and not have suicidal ideation anymore. Yeah. Another protective factor that I would say too is if they're feeling like really alone like help them with some sense of purpose or some sense of like excitement. It could be, you know, like creating a YouTube channel or like creating an Etsy account if that's something that mm. I, I uh, work with several clients who really put in their emotional alchemy to creating things mm-hmm. and so it doesn't have to be an etsy account it doesn't have to be youtube but it can be something like they're putting energy into creating something
0: i yeah i mean just even as you're saying that i'm thinking about like you know how um my kids were in uh children's worship the other week and they had um they were talking about growth, and they the leader gave them all a sunflower seed and a buck and a yes. you know a thing. And like we have sunflowers growing in our window That's that so are like beautiful. this tall. And like they have a sense of purpose every day. Mm-hmm. Like did we water the flower? Yep. Okay, we're gonna you know waiting for it in anticipation. But yep. I also think similarly, right? Like you don't have to necessarily grow seeds, but like even like having a sense of purpose mm-hmm. of having a specific job at home, mm-hmm. um, or th- like to make people's lunches could be a purpose. I, yep. it, it might not be for every kid,
1: mm-hmm. but or taking care of a cat or a dog or yep. a fish, you know, like a sense of something responsibility, right. a sense of I'm taking care of something. Mm-hmm. If people like are, you are counting matter. on me. Yeah, mm-hmm. like walking the dog
0: and look that dog is so happy and mm-hmm. and i and i find that sometimes it can be really uh, important too for parents to call out the good things that they see in those mm-hmm. because the more that we focus on something our attention goes to that and it grows and it grows mm-hmm. that's right so we want to we want to if we want to cultivate protective factors we need to be intentional about it but also talk talk about it not just provide, okay, you get to, this is your chore, you mm-hmm. know, or like you join this club. It's like, no, do yoga with your kid, walk the dog with your kid for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and if they don't want to like not again, I like doing a callback to what you were saying. Don't shame the child, mm-hmm. but be like, no, this is our, this is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Beautiful. So, okay. So we have risk factors. We have protective factors. If the risk factors increase, I would say, and I'd love your, mm-hmm. you to chime in on this, but I would say with risk factors increasing, like let's say there's conflict coming in the family, yep. or a divorce is impending, or mm-hmm. um, some tragedy happened, yes. right? That um, you could or could not control. Mm-hmm. It's important to just ask as a caregiver, ask for help, absolutely to help. Kind of pad and bolster those protective factors, mm-hmm. and so thinking about, okay, what are some of these things that I want for my child? not just activities, them to be in every activity or everything, but where are things like adults that are that can help them if I can't help them or right and resourcing resourcing. resourcing. There I call. Yeah. So me too. Yeah. I don't know. why I forgot that word. But, oh, it's yeah. okay.
1: <laughs> Resourcing. Like, what are the resources? Where can I go? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And then, and if the risk factors are increasing, yeah. and conflict is emerging, then I think you know having a clinical helper would help yeah. the situation. Yeah. Or su- give additional support to the child. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and as a.
0: Uh, an adult in a child's life as a caregiver, parent, teacher, what have you, Mm -hmm. also having other adults, caregivers, and parents that you trust that you can also ask to help that child Mm -hmm. when you aren't enough and no one is enough, no Mm -hmm. one person. Yeah. So I think this would be a good place to transition and talk a little bit about what our listeners should know about suicidal risk levels Mm-hmm. And how to help a minor when they've expressed suicidal thoughts? Yes. yes, because there are there is suicidal ideation, like we just spoke about. There are risk factors and there are protective factors, but then there is the actual present suicidality or suicidal risk mm-hmm. that is heightened mm-hmm. um, at different levels. So. Yeah. What I think could be really helpful for our listeners is to talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. what to look for, how to help a child who's expressed that they don't want to be here, Yeah, how to kind of assess for that.
1: For sure. And getting higher levels of care. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been kind of talking about more of a lower risk, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't gotten all of the information. So giving more, um, like every situation is different. But some things to look out for when things are getting a little bit higher is if a child has a feeling of I am alone and I would be better off if I wasn't alone is a higher risk factor, um, along with having constant thoughts of wanting to die and a means as an intent like I want to I want to follow through with this plan. along with the capability of following through with that plan, that would be the highest risk, and that would be I need to get a higher level of care by either calling an ambulance to take them to the emergency room um, so that they can be safe. That would be a higher level of care assessment.
0: Okay. And so for everyone that's listening to this, I think what's important to just go back to and highlight is um, a plan, having a plan Mm -hmm. looks like,
1: what i'm going to kill myself by walking into a quarry like that could be a plan or i'm going to kill myself by doing x like going and having a detailed of what it's going to be to end someone's life so having that plan thought out
0: is and and kind of listening to the words am i going are they are they saying i'm going to
1: or i want to or this is how i would do it right i would do it by walking you know in front of the street of cars that's a plan and that's definitely a plan that would be completed and high means to complete the plan by walking into like a street full of cars. Or so,
0: but just because somebody does a plan doesn't mean that they can execute it. No. So we, when we're assessing some of that too, like if a child said, "I want to walk into a quarry," mm-hmm. or "I'm going to do that to end my life,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you don't have a quarry near you, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's not to make light of, but to say, oh, it's you know. That feels really, that feels like a really big feeling or a big thing that you've thought about. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Yes. So I know you have a really helpful graphic around, kind of like around this, but Mm -hmm. one of the things as as a counselor Mm -hmm. that I have been taught for years is that the risk level is really high and there's imminent danger mm-hmm. possibilities mm-hmm. if there's a plan yep. and a means yes so and I, you just said that uh, you know in as you were talking through things but a plan being if a child says they, like you were talking about walking into a street correct mm-hmm. right like i've thought about walking into a street into a busy street and then you let them and you don't ask any further questions, if you don't ask any further questions, and you know that they, you, there's a very busy street near your home and they mm-hmm. have they are gonna be unsupervised, that's really, that is not
1: okay. Right, that's right? a high risk. That's a that's high a risk. That's means, that's a capability right. of following through, and that's intent. Right. So that would be, clinically, we would need to get an assessment.
0: Right, so that's when, as a clinician, if I was aware of that, I would want them to be able to seek a higher level of care or the parents to be able to assure me that they would be able to watch the child or have someone watching the child mm-hmm. um, while they were continuing to get um, ongoing support. Right. If the child's like, well, I would never do it. Then, right. Because, there, again, there's, there are certain, um, it's, this is a really tricky intricate topic is that sometimes you have a plan and a means, but you're like, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, or a child says that, right? But I wouldn't do it. But they've thought about it because Mm -hmm. maybe they've seen it or they, or, you know, like they were watching a YouTube video and they're talking about it Mm -hmm. on there, or they saw something that you, that you didn't intend for them to see, or a friend said something. Right. Right. right.
1: So that's why, like, understanding, like, low low risk would be having suicidal thoughts. A medium risk would be, you know, having thoughts and then having a plan, but not wanting to fall through on the plan, but it being, like, more intrusive. Mm-hmm. And then high risk would be plan, intent, means, capability, thoughts. And that's where, as a parent, you would act to save mm-hmm. save your child's life. Yeah. So there's the thwarted sense of belongingness, meaning like I'm alone. There's a perceived burdensome, like I would be better off not here. And then there is a desire for suicide, where it's like I want to be able to die. And then there's the capability of suicide, where you would execute the plan. So having that as a visual of, well, when is it, when do I need to act? If there is I'm alone, desire for suicide, they feel like they're a burden to others and they have a means and they have an intent to execute the plan. That would be a way as a parent to be like, okay, I need to act now to help my child get a higher level of care and the support needed to fight the suicidality and to keep them safe. But it's a helpful
0: visual. It doesn't encompass everything, Mm-mm. but it's a helpful way to begin to think about it and to kind of assess do you need help as the caregiver yep are you are you within the ability to help your child as your family unit or your, the team that you're on caring for this child or do you need extra help do you need a higher level of care yep. and i think that you know the more of those circles or the more of those <laughs> those um, factors, right? The perceived burden, Mm -hmm. all of the, um, you know, the thwarted sense of belonging, the, um, and then having a plan and actually wanting to follow through, right? And having the means is the more you have of those, the higher level of risk for completion for -hmm. the child um, is there. And so just even being able to have a tool, because I know that sometimes it can be, overwhelming to a parent if a child says i just don't want to be here anymore Mm -hmm. or i want to die but if you know okay let's look let's assess just for you Mm -hmm. as the adult to begin to think about this then it can be helpful so that your emotions aren't really high Mm -hmm. as you're like oh my goodness this is gonna happen i I I have have to to act act, you know what do i have to do Mm -hmm. um instead thinking through, okay, so what do we have in place? What's here? What's really happening? And I think though, it's important to note that if your child says that you never ignore it and you always follow through with follow-up direct questions. That is not a time to be wondering or, well, let's check it out. At that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. If they have a plan, if they have a means, if they've you've been working on these things and they have this thwarted sense of belonging yep. and a feeling of being a burden and they come yep. out and say this, this isn't the time to play around and get curious. And this get is the time curious. to act. This right. is
1: the time to thank you for telling me this. I'm going to be getting a helper to help you with this. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, the ambulance coming or you taking your child to the emergency room, depending on the situation. hmm
0: Yeah. And the emergency room being a place where they can assess so that you don't have to wonder. Yes. That you don't have to think, is you know, is this real or not, right? They can be your extra helper. Yep. Absolutely. So we're going to take a break just for a second because I want to remind our listeners that the topics that they are listening to that are being discussed right here, right now on this podcast and the resources that we've shared should always be considered a matter of personal opinion. They do not reflect professional advice. If you or your child needs mental health counseling support, please search out an in-person or a face-to-face counselor, because therapy is about a relationship. It's not just a listening and not having that accountability. One of the things that I like to talk about is therapy um, and what it is, is not that a parent might not know these things or be able to teach their child something similar, Mm -hmm. but that you have a witness, you have another person to help contain these feelings, these emotions, and learn new ways to move and act and be in the world to get unstuck. Beautiful, (laughs) beautiful. So Carly, I think it's worth having uh, one more question. Sure. uh, That I ask you. To put you in the hot seat, in the hot spot.
1: Oh, yes. What do you
0: think? Do you think parents should talk about suicide with their kids, regardless of if they've ever talked to them about it or talked about wanting to die, Mm -hmm. in order to educate them and to help them think through tough topics? Yes,
1: I do. I think a lot of parents that I work with are eerie of talking about suicide because they believe that if they talk about suicide, then it's going to become like this inception where their child is going to be suicide and then think that that's an option. That is not the case. Talking about suicide is something that they are are being exposed to, whether it be the internet, social media, or at school. And so it is wise to be forthcoming and upfront as a parent in that relationship of these are hard topics, these are hard things, I want to be able to talk about it with you because they are hearing it from somewhere else. So it's best to start with the parents.
0: Mm. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. You are telling a parent this, right? Mm -hmm. But what if the parent comes back and says something like, well, you just told me that where you put attention, there will be growth. Mm, that's,
1: a, that's a good one. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard that one before. It's more of like what you give your attention to grows. So if you're anxious about talking about suicide, that's going to grow. Mm, your anxiety. Right. Okay. The anxiety piece is going to grow. So that would be that would be a very clever way of avoiding talking about something that's hard. I would give props to the parent on that strategy <laughs> of their <laughs> maladaptedness, and I would still say that that's great. Like, I totally understand that, and it's more of a prevention, not mm. a. I'm giving it all of my attention, sure. I'm not fixating on it, or I'm not. Um, an example of being like fixated on it is like say, for instance. A child does have suicidal ideation that is a low risk. That's just like, oh, I just want to die. And a parent responds and like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Like, what's happening? Like, tell me more about this. How often are you thinking that you're dying? That is giving it more attention than a child possibly feeling so overwhelmed that they're just like, I just don't want to be here anymore. Versus like, I'm giving all of this attention and I'm making it anxious. Yeah. And so that that would be more likely that the child would be like what is this
0: yeah and you know i will say when i find that kids oftentimes in the wake of um a lot of internet and um social media but also video games there's like this desire to just have this do-over yeah like (laughs) Instead of being like whoop, let's rewind. I want to f- do that again. It's like oh, I just don't want it to be here, or I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to be alive, right? And it's more of like a wanting a do over mm-hmm. when I've fleshed down or you know tried to, you know, figure out really what's going on. Right, what right, kids right. Are saying right? But um, but yeah, I I hear that. I also think it's worth talking about or noting just the whole fact that. Um, if we don't talk about something and it's prevalent in our society, our children begin to have their own thoughts or their own private logic, logic. about what they believe mm-hmm. or what's
1: happening. Or there could be shame associated with it. And if a child is experiencing suicidal ideation and their parents are you know, feeling like suicide is a taboo topic to talk about then they don't have an outlet. They don't have a safe person to say, I have been thinking about death for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's tricky
0: because in uh, in our society, we allow our... Ch- most parents allow children access of some kind to the internet or the child has some sort of access, even if they're not allowed, right? Like at the library or mm-hmm. at school or what have you. And just by having that access or watching videos, or watching movies. There is a way to hear even language about it. Mm-hmm. I know I had a parent who, who mentioned that their child had heard a word, it wasn't about suicide, but had heard a word um, on a show, they were, or a, a movie they were watching, and the child in elementary school said, mom, what does that word mean? And she said, don't worry about it, and then, next week they ended up doing internet searches yeah, yeah. the to- totally like just in a um you know in an, uh, it, just out of curiosity right? right and it's like if we don't address it or we don't talk about something and we dismiss it it can come back to bite us i'm mm-hmm. not saying it will but it can. more often than not <laughs> i mean if i said you know don't think about chocolate what's what are you thinking about
1: Definitely thinking about chocolate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if I said, don't eat chocolate... I definitely want to eat chocolate more. Right, right. (laughs) And so our body, you know, like, it's important to, to talk about, like, okay, well, if that were the conversation, right? Like, if, you know, like, well, have you, you know, had good food today, you know, if you were in elementary school, I'm not going to talk to you like that as an adult, but Mm -hmm. like having a conversation, right? Like, let's check it out. What kind of chocolate would be best for you right now, Mm -hmm. right? Or talking through options. If you were a diabetic, it would be a different conversation than if you weren't, right? And so similarly with our children, if someone's suicidal and they have depression or these risk factors, it's a different conversation than... If they don't, mm-hmm. however, now I'm mixing metaphors here, <laughs> but, but you have to know your child, you have to know your audience, if you will, but it's not a reason not to talk about something. Right, right. There you have it, folks. <sighs> Suicidal ideation. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a tough topic. Mm-hmm. It is. But thank you, Carly, for joining me today. I know that you deal with this, um, as a clinician mm-hmm. that I do, that it's not an easy topic to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: yet I think it's so important as parents and caregivers to have a way to, to understand our children mm-hmm. and to have questions answered that might be tricky to To um, talk about or ask people about, especially in just day to day conversations, and like we talked about uh, earlier in therapy, the relationship
1: mm-hmm. is the
0: most important thing. And so, I thought it would be really helpful to have a conversation about this in relationship with you, because mm-hmm. it can be can be a tricky a yes, tricky thing.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes. So.
0: To all our listeners, thank you for listening to us. And if you have any questions that you'd like answered, please send them to us at podcast at kidmatterscounseling.com. And if you found this conversation useful, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And please join me
1: next time for the Parent Matters podcast. Don't parent alone.